Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Trendsetters podcast episode. Today is a really special episode with an incredible guest. And I can't wait to dive into it. And just for some backstory here, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget. I was nine years old, introduced to Facebook. And while, yes, we had MySpace and others before it, Facebook was truly like the start of that social media revolution. And now today we have Facebook, we have Instagram, we have Twitter, we have LinkedIn, we have Snapchat, we have TikTok and many others. And then a lot of those that we lost along the way, maybe like Viner, Yik Yak and others. Uh, but ultimately, if it weren't for Facebook's popularity and what was 2008, 2009, 2010 and so on, I don't know where I would be personally. If social media wasn't a thing, I don't know if our agency would exist. I don't know if I would know about Gen Z, if I hadn't got introduced to Snapchat, would I have gone down that road leading to where Trendsetters is now? So it's just the, these, these road of events that all stems from these platforms of opportunity. So without further ado, I welcome Alina Vilk, the head of global small business marketing at Facebook. Alina, it is truly a pleasure to have you on today. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me here. Excited to be here. Of course. And so my first question, Obviously, this year has been crazy, and for small businesses in particular, it has been quite difficult. So how has Facebook and how have you in your role helped those small businesses better engage their customers digitally? This year, this year has been really, really difficult, in particular for brick-and-mortar businesses. Uh, we're seeing a ton of closures like everyone else. We're seeing a lot of halts in operations, and we're seeing a lot of cash flow concerns. We're seeing a lot of... Uh, you know, how do I grow my business when I can't open my business? And, you know, the pandemic is continuing and surging in many areas across the United States and, and around the world. And so we've certainly seen that. What was interesting is I came to Facebook in September of last year. And, uh, you know, this was not an, the pandemic was not anybody's plans, right? It was one of those things where we had a plan of what we were going to do this year. And it was probably the most humbling moment of my career when the pandemic hit and we had to throw all those plans out the window and we said, what can we do? And so you have all these people um, working inside of their homes and driven by only one thing and one mission, which is how do we help small business? And uh, these people worked around the clock. We built a resource center for small businesses in five days. Uh, we built a hub where basically small businesses can go in and find out how they can continue to stay connected to their customers using a lot of our services like Messenger and other apps, like stay connected. Um, how do you stay connected? Our product teams worked really hard around the clock and built some new products. We got commerce out the door. We got things like shops that, that where small businesses can take their business online, but also things that small businesses can do, which are in our platform today. So for example, you have an exercise studio, you can't open that up. We've seen so many use Facebook Lives and take do virtual classes and things like that. Shortly after that, we launched a $100 million grants program around the world, multiple countries all over the world, stood that up, um, it was coming alongside of funding because we looked at what are the key things small businesses need and funding was, was a really big one. And, and after that, we had a ton of work that we, we built um, something called the summer of support, which then followed by the season of support this holiday season. And this is all about virtual skills, trainings, things like that, that we invited thousands of small businesses to. And so we just want to help as much as we possibly can all along the way. And that that's the reason I think all of us are here. Yeah, certainly. I love that mission. And, and I love the, uh, 
the way that, that you were able to pivot so, so quickly and adjust and um, do so with agility. Um, and I know obviously with Black Lives Matter and some of the research coming out within, uh, you know, small businesses that are black owned and operated, uh, some of the problems that exist there. I, I know you guys have done a little bit in that arena. I, I'd love if you could break down um, what that looks like. What we've seen for underrepresented businesses, in particular Black-owned businesses, they've been much harder hit, and those communities have been much harder hit with COVID. And so we looked around, we thought, we, we need to do more here. And we had a hackathon, uh, and two members of my team and then several members of, of other teams in other areas of the organization pulled together uh, this concept called Buy Black Friday, which we just had our last episode. We launch an episode series, episodic series on Fridays that takes the energy and movement of Black Friday and moves it to buying from Black-owned businesses. And so we introduced a gift guide. We introduced like a shopping channel, entertainment act, celebrities came in and tuned in. And you can still see these episodes on Facebook. I could send you the link after this, but essentially it's it's taking the energy of what we know needs to happen now which is let's let's take our money, let's take the things, the gifts that we were going to buy anyway and use it to uh, drive towards uh, Black-owned businesses because those are the ones that need it most right now. Yeah, that's incredible. And I love the, the movements made there. And taking a step back from Facebook in particular, you, you mentioned this in your LinkedIn bio about marketing being this bridge between a hypothesis and an insight. Um, and as someone who's a little bit more math and science brain, uh, brain I guess, if, if that's the right terminology, uh, what, what does that process for you look like in terms of bridging hypothesis and insight? You know, as marketers, what's, what's really amazing is that we can put something out into the world and know uh, what the impact of that looks like. That's not always been the case in marketing. Uh, I think especially for the Gen Zer marketers out there, it's just something that you're used to. Um, growing up in marketing, it's it's the the cause and effect of marketing was not always clear, and it still isn't always clear. Attribution's difficult. Uh, there's a lot of challenges to it. We're only as good in marketing as the hypotheses that we bring out into the world, the questions that we ask. Uh, how do we know this will work? What is my theory here? And when we put an idea out into the world, it's a theory, a theory of how we're going to connect with our customers. And we put that theory out there and we could test different aspects of that theory, different creative, different channels, different concepts, different programs. Once we test that theory, it creates an insight for us. And we know whether we've connected or we haven't. Have we touched a consumer? Have we done that? Have we, have we touched a small business? Have we connected there? And so um, that's why for me, marketing is that bridge. It's, it's uh, we're scientists. We're scientists who connect with people. Yeah, yeah. That, and I love that definition of the, the science methodology, because I think there's this idea that instead it is more the creative feet up on the desk, come up with a cool idea out of, out of the blue and go pitch it more. You're Mad Men era, right? Uh, when, when in reality, oftentimes it is diving into the weeds and, and making that hypothesis based on your insight, bridging those two and then, and then bringing it into the real world. And I love that you know the, the history of marketing where, you know, for a lot of our Gen Z listeners here, they don't know an era where we couldn't measure our CPC and our cost per acquisition on our Facebook and Instagram ads, right? And, you know, without those reports updating clientele or our CMOs or uh, our, our team internally, you know, what, what would we do, right? And so I, you know, I love that that has, has become more of the norm. And I love that you're able to take that historical approach 
um, of hypothesis and insight and kind of pair that with, with kind of a newer, newer world. Now, something, uh, something I'm, I'm really eager to learn more about just because of the, the magnitude of businesses and small businesses on Facebook, on Instagram, all the, on all these different channels and, and able to see and touch and, and notice trends among those. I love, I'd love to hear from you. Are there any trends happening in that realm that, that you see? Maybe Facebook live is becoming, I, I know you mentioned that earlier, maybe that's becoming like the new way for businesses to stay on top of everything with their customers. Maybe it's messenger maybe it's the combination of Instagram and Facebook ads and, and stories on those platforms. But are there any trends you're seeing in the, in the S and B arena? So many trends. I think the biggest trend is the rocket ship that's been e-commerce this year. Uh, business is moving from brick and mortar to online and shifting. Uh, you know, I know it's old hat for a lot of us marketers out here, but for a lot of these businesses, their bread and butter business has been Main Street America. And so, especially in the United States. And so when we think about the shift in commerce across all people, by the way, uh, more and more people are shifting behaviors to digital realms we're seeing those shifts in businesses. And so that's probably the biggest trend. The way that those businesses are shifting varies across the business and where they are in their maturity cycle. So you have some businesses who are moving into online for the very first time. And for them, it's, you know, and you have some businesses that are actually starting, starting out and entrepreneurism is, is, is becoming a real thing this year. Uh, so that's, that's been amazing to see. That's the positive side of COVID is, is actually, entrepreneurs out there that are, that are taking these, their ideas and manifesting them in the digital world. And um, it's really fast to have an idea. If you think about it, it wasn't always that way where you could think yeah. of something tomorrow, right? And you can open up a page on Facebook or Instagram and, and your ideas live and in the world. And that's not something that was a possibility before. So there's that maturity cycle. And then there's businesses who are truly innovating. A couple of things I'm seeing is this idea of shopping personalized. And so you see businesses who are getting inventory in and doing Facebook lives, showcasing their products as an example. You see businesses staying connected with customers. Uh, hey, you bought that pink bag two weeks ago. We have similar bags or scarves that are complementary to that. It just came into the store. We know the store's closed. Um, do you want to see a picture of it? Do you want me to show you what it looks like with, with your bag that you got? Um, so those are the kinds of things we're seeing personalized connections happen in, in, in different ways. We're looking at new experiences in advertising. And so uh, more and more sophistication in the way small businesses create ads and build ads. And so uh, in terms of the way that they can now represent product and the way that they can represent some of the work that they do. And we talk about virtual um, events and things like that. We have uh, new products called like paid online events and other areas like that, where you can now actually have an event virtually. Yeah. So if you're a closed museum or you're a closed shop, there are virtual ways you can still interact with folks on Facebook. I'm sure you've seen some of that and on Instagram. I'm sure you've seen some of that using Reels and other areas. You can actually start to bring to life what's happening in the real world virtually while people are at their homes. Yeah. And something you mentioned a little bit earlier is, um, you know, the, the barriers to entry that, that simply just don't exist anymore. And this idea that People can simply come up with an idea. And if it's in the e-commerce realm, I mean, you know, as a, as a young guy in the entrepreneurship world, all I hear and, and all the people I hang out with are your e-com bros, as I call them, which are the dudes that just drop ship material from whatever country they get it from. And they own nine different websites with, that they drive traffic to. And But their entire business only exists 
on Facebook and Instagram in the terms of running ads and content and social media. And the other thing I see in this realm uh, within Gen Z is all of these people not necessarily starting their own massive company, but maybe it's a fitness page. Maybe it's their, their page where they're talking, going to talk about their, their nursing school experience and what that looks like, or their tutoring or, or other things within that, those arenas. And, and they too are building up their own brand. And, um, you know, whenever I see other fellow kind of young entrepreneurs, even if it is more of a real true entity business, the first thing that they're going, they're going out and doing when they're starting that business, even sometimes before they even get the LLC, they're creating an Instagram and a Facebook page, even for a website, even for a logo, even for a CRM, even for the first clients or customers. So with that in mind, is it odd to see that validation from that, that, that is almost now the norm where it's like it's, it's almost like until you have your Facebook and Instagram page looking the, the right way, it's almost like it's not even real. It, what are your thoughts on that? Like that validation concept that comes with those platforms? I think it's amazing because as a small business or as someone, even before you become a business, right? Even pre-business there, you have the same tools and opportunities that a large established business does. You have full democratization of opportunity. And we've never been in this space before. This is, this is really new. Uh, if you think about it, um, access to opportunity is not equal. Uh, it's based on who you know, what your community looks like, from funding, from exposure, from from so many other so many other areas. And uh, I think what what communities like Facebook and Instagram allow you to do is take an idea and bring it to life. And when you take that idea to life, it's never been faster to be able to do that. You can take that learning, you can build your skills around where do I want to go. You can start free. Start with just free tools. Start with just building your pages. Start with your onboarding onto Facebook, onboarding onto Instagram, taking advantage of a lot of the tools that are out there. Start building connections out there with consumers and finding those consumers out in the world that they're near. And it's, and it's no longer time and space are no longer constraints because no matter where you live, yeah. I, I have to mention as you're explaining it too. Like like she mentioned, I'm going to emphasize this: free tools. Because a lot of the time I hear people complaining about these tools, they are free. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be exact. It's not going to get you the sales overnight. But anyway, I, I just wanted to quickly emphasize that the free part, because this was not the norm 10, 20 years ago. If you wanted to be seen, you got to call up a radio station, call up a TV and, and put up a lot of upfront investment for what you have no guarantee in terms of a result. So I just want to highlight the free factor and I'll let you continue. Yeah, and so I think you can you can learn on the free. You can learn on the free before you invest a penny, and you can use your time to do that. Um, you can educate yourself on who is my customer base and be a marketer first. And so, uh, so be a marketer. Being a marketer, it goes back to what I said earlier around what is your hypothesis? What is your hypothesis on who your customers are? What kind of content do they engage with? When you post content. What are they, what are you seeing a lot of engagement from? What is the feedback you're getting? Have you asked them? Have you seen that? And then, and so sort of establishing that presence is really important and optimizing for establishing the presence first. Once you've established that presence, then advertise, take the time with it before you advertise though, then advertise. Once you have clear understanding, okay, my customers are this, you know, I'm, I'm targeting this age range, I'm targeting this group, I'm targeting this community type. Um, these are the, this is the profile of individuals. Then you can start investing and you can start diversifying your investment. And, and again, now create another hypothesis. 
And then it's more than just who I'm targeting, but it's also my creative. Uh, and I think this is really basic what I'm saying right now, but it's it's a miss on so many occasions I've seen folks get the targeting right and get the creative and content wrong. And I'm sure you've seen this. Um, content is king. <laughs> content is king. And it's uh, it's so important. Uh, what does the creative look like? What is it? Is it representing who you are? Is it manifesting your idea? Is it representing the aspects of your product or service that you want to ensure are connecting with your customers? Is that is that happening for you? How do you know? Yeah, that's incredible. And one of my favorite examples of uh, of a brand that has taken off completely that literally was started as an Instagram meme page. They have the the sauce handle on Instagram. They are now Truff. They are massive brands in the hot sauce space, arguably one of the more valuable brands outside of maybe Sriracha, Frank's Red Hot, so on. And they've done an incredible job. And I, I was listening to them the other day on a podcast and, and it's two young guys are talking back and forth and they're like, well, you know, we just had this Instagram page called Sauce and we just posted like, you know, saucy stuff, right? And, and it's just the, the casualness and the tone of voice just goes to show you you know, how businesses are built nowadays, it, it, it can be entirely different. And you can become that media brand and build the network and build the community first. And that's what they did. And for two years, it was just an Instagram page. And then they said, what if we made some hot sauce? And then a year later, sure enough, they launched a hot sauce. And now it's like the coolest hot sauce bottle I've seen in my life, the black truffle hot sauce. And it's incredible. Uh, there's a little, you know, ad, ad product promo in there. But another thing you mentioned in there that, that I often hear a lot is the, the, the idea on the targeting and reaching people. And a common problem I run into, or at least hear from people is, you know, those Facebook ads, they just don't work. Those Instagram ads, they just, eh, they don't work, you know? And obviously I've, I've spent enough time in the platforms to know, no, they, they always work. Uh, th there's just a problem at here. But when it comes to reaching younger consumers, we are seeing some sort of ad insensitivity and, you know, an ability where it might be a little bit more difficult to reach a younger consumer. Uh, we as an agency, I mean, we found success in those arenas with, with some, some principles, but what are you seeing in that arena? Is it still possible to reach maybe a younger Gen Z millennial audience, audience through Instagram? And if so, what are some of those attributes when it comes to creative or targeting that you think are like vital and have to be there? So for me, I go back to, um, so the example you gave is a good one. I go back to content and knowing who you are and knowing how you're connecting with the audience. And so to me... I don't think you can say Gen Z or I don't think you can say millennial. I don't think you can say, you know, an age group and, and feel like um, you can generalize an ad to to a target group. Right. And I'm sure you would agree with that being um, in the space you're in. I think what you have to connect to is who who you are. Who am I as a product? Who am I as a brand? Who am I as a space? And what aspects of that am I going to connect to um, with my audience? So if you're hot sauce and you have a specific target audience and they have an age range, I'm sure they've gone beyond the Gen Z age range as well. And, uh, and you know, I'm connecting to this insight. You know, what's the insight that they're targeting? The insight that they're targeting is that they're going to disrupt. They're going to disrupt and they're going to use their brand to disrupt and they're going to be saucy, right? And that's who they are. And that's going to be every ad that they, that they have. And I think what is your version of that disruption? And uh, how do you how do you think about that when it comes to your brand? There's a lot of tools we have, and I can go on and on and on about the tools. And we can and we can we probably can spend an hour going diving deep into each one of them. But I really think you know I really I really believe this that the that the content made for the space digestible, short form content 
made for mobile experiences um, that's going to connect with your audiences is going to be uh, the content that works for your brand on these platforms across the board. If you are designing for, if you have a beautiful two hour long video, it's probably not going to work. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you have a beautiful two minute video, that's arguably not going to work either. Uh, and so, uh, so I would say, I would say keep the content focused short, let your landing areas do the long form work for you. Uh, keep, um, bring your best brand elements to life and be really choiceful about it. Um, a lot of folks have long narratives that they want to hit. I want to hit these three messages or these five messages. What happens is it gets lost and, you know, I'm saucy and that's all I'm going to be great. Yeah. You know, that's going to capture, that's going to capture the attention. What does that mean? What does that mean for you? Yeah. Yeah. I love that insight and, and something we always, cause I would agree. Sometimes we're trying to fit far too much information in a creative spot when that creative spot just needs to be that, that attention peak. To, to then get them to dive further. And then that's where your landing spots can, can push that value uh, a little bit more detailed. Now, the, the final question I have for you um, is actually on, on the story of, of how you best uh, tell that story of the support you do provide to small businesses. Because for a lot of our older audience here who are watching the news all the time or, or quite often, the only time they hear about Facebook is maybe from a negative perspective uh, where they see things on the news and they assume that that's the case everywhere. And and, and, and you know where that, where that ultimately leads. And for a younger audience, they're just probably not tuning into the news at all. And for them, maybe Facebook is a little bit older of a platform. Instagram still kind of the OG number one for everyone. Uh, but I guess for, for small businesses that are either listening or you know, young entrepreneurs looking to get into their own startup or small business, how, do you, how would you best define like, that opportunity that exists within Facebook and Instagram? Because it's a big one. I know that's, that's quite hard to define. It's a big one. I would say that there's Facebook, there's Instagram, there's WhatsApp, and you have billions of customers, consumers that are that are engaging in this platform every day. And so what uh, what the platform does for small business is incredible because number one, it allows you to build a presence in minutes, right? You can actually start your business on on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, you can continue to connect with your customers. Um, and connect with potential customers and prospects, uh, billions of them across the platform. And more importantly, you could find the ones that work for your business across the platform. And, and then you have teams at Facebook that support and help. And so, um, so we have, you know, digital skills and trainings and things like that that are, that are available uh, throughout our platforms and that we continue to do through my team and other teams across the company. And then, and then beyond that, it's the platform that delivers democratization, as I mentioned before, you have the same tools that are available to you across the board. So all that's required is to take some time to understand how this can be relevant to you and who your audience really is, which is really the time you take anyway to market your business. It's the time you'd be taking if you're building a poster, it's the time you'd be taking if you're building a radio spot. And it's a uh, it's the same thing there. It's just understanding, you know, you're going to build differently for a radio spot than a TV spot. <laughs> you're going to build differently for digital content. And so, um, so I would say it's short form, it's, it's concise, it's attention grabbing, but it's really at the heart of it all about connecting. And that's what people are here for. And that's the thing people don't necessarily understand is that this is a connection mechanism. And I can just tell a personal story. When I uh, joined Facebook, the reason I joined Facebook was because my mom was going through 
chemotherapy. And when she was going through chemo, I'd sit with her every Thursday during her, uh, her chemo trials. And, you know, when you're anyone, when your relative is going through something like that, you just want to ease the pain. You want to figure something out. And so what I did was I joined Facebook groups and I joined Facebook groups of people that have family members that are going through chemotherapy, very specific groups, right? And that's the kind of thing we have is we have groups that are so specific to the thing that you're looking for. And that's another area that businesses don't necessarily look into is, is groups. And so in that group, I found things like recipes and I found food groups and I found things like that to help. And I learned how to make bone broth for my mom. And I was so inspired by that. And I started looking like there's so many small business groups and there's so many groups where, you know, moms groups and all kinds of groups that, um, you know, groups for, for different religious affiliations, things like every, every kind of group that you can possibly imagine lives on Facebook. And then every kind of business lives on Facebook. And so you can be a real estate agent and find customers. You can be, um, you know, a gym instructor. You can have and open up a brand new sunglass shop and, and be on Facebook. And so, and then you can find people who are looking for exactly the thing you want and there's no constraints to it. So the thing I love about it is that there aren't geographical constraints. You can do it anywhere and you can do it in your home. There are so many people where it's given them flexibility. Uh, so, you know, if you can't leave your house, you can't travel, you're caring for a relative and you're starting a business from scratch, you can't leave your home, you can start that business and you have that option to do that. And that's something that as a society, we don't talk about. And there's, there's lots and lots of things you can talk about that are the adverse effects of that. And there's adverse effects for every major technology we've ever had, you know. And always will have, right? And yeah. always will have, you know, and there's always a negative side, but I would say the positives, you know, the fact that you as a small business can wake up tomorrow and work from your home at your hours while still caring for your family. Um, while I've seen college students um, come up with incredible businesses funding their tuitions, uh, funding, you know, things that they have in, in their dreams. Like it's just to see that innovation happen overnight and take an idea and make it into something. I mean, that's why I'm here and that's, and that's why I'll continue to be here. And it's so inspiring to see the stories. Yeah, that's inspiring to hear. And, and that's truly an incredible story. And I, I couldn't agree more um, with all of your points there. Alina, it was really a pleasure having you on today. Thanks so much for, for joining. For, for our listeners here, is there any direction they, they should take from this podcast um, outside of continuing to double, triple, quadruple down on Facebook and Instagram, whether for themselves or clientele? Uh, or their business that they want to start, or any particular direction they should go to. I know that I've spent way too much time in the Facebook learning session for ads and all the tools and things of that nature. But uh, yeah, would you direct them anywhere and anywhere specifically? I would direct them to look at some new technologies. If, if in particular, they are in areas that are hit by COVID, we have tools, like I mentioned Facebook Live as an example, um, you know, we were talking with a few folks like, how can I connect with customers during Thanksgiving? Well, you can also live from your house, you know, um, and do a cooking. You can, you can do that now, right? You can invite people to your living room. So think about some of the Facebook tools. We have some uh, new tools coming up all the time. We're constantly, we're actually very much focused on small business. Uh, we're going to be investing more and more into small business tools and products as, as we move into this year. And so those are the things I would just encourage them to do. Think about how you can evolve your business especially if it helps even with any kind of cash flow and reach out to us. Thanks so much for joining. And for all of our podcast listeners here, thanks so much for tuning in and I will see you all next week.